Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Friday night after show edition of Narrative Live. It's great to be with you. We have a fantastic show tonight. Uh, really interesting topics, all tying into justice and God and the law and the United States of America. So uh, let me welcome Charles Creel first. He's a face you might recognize. He's a documentary maker, amongst many other things. And we'll, we'll get to more details about who he is in just a second. Hi, Charles. Welcome to the show. Hi, Zeb. Thanks for having me on. And Nina Brule is back, joining us for a second week. Nice to have you back, Nina. People loved your show last week. They really did. Uh, I, was it last week already? It was, yeah, it was last week. So it's fun to have you on. And Greg Oliar, the author of Dirty Rubles, is back with us. Hey, Greg, how are you doing? Zev, how's it going? It's been a week. I, was, I can't be you know, sort of scrambling to catch my breath on, on the way into the show today. But boy, there's been a lot of news. Did, did any of you watch the debates uh, or non-debates or whatever it was the last night? Or at least uh, had any reaction today to, to what seemed like a, a, a decent contrast is what the Joe, uh, Joe Biden campaign wants to, wants to uh, describe it as? Um, I watched a little bit of it, but not in real time, just so that we couldn't register any viewing figures for um, either candidate. So I thought that might be the best approach. Um, I watched uh, Donald Trump on uh, double speed and then a few highlights from uh, his opponent, Biden. Um, and it was interesting. It was interesting to watch. Um, Trump did precisely the opposite of what it was that he needed to do, unfortunately, uh, which which was to not be himself. Um, and Biden uh, did a very good job of uh, being coherent uh, and not uh, looking like he has been characterized. The bar had been set fairly low, um, but uh, he managed to pull that off. I think in the end, Biden ended up winning last night and Trump made a fatal error. Mm -hmm. Greg doing it at all. Well, I didn't I didn't watch any of it. Um, I, I saw some of the clips from what I understand. There was the whole boycott NBC thing going on. And I question whether they should have done that. But boy, they really got the revenge in because they didn't make it easy on him. And I think no. the whole thing just backfired. First of all, um, Biden only ran on uh, on the work. Trump ran on all three NBC networks on NBC, MSNBC, CNBC, and Biden still got better ratings despite being on one channel rather than three. Oh, I didn't realize um, they got better ratings. That's interesting. That's an interesting note. Yeah. And you'd think Trump would be a more entertaining hour, even if it's not the most person you're most likely to vote for. He certainly created more fireworks. A uh, lot of, I'm sure a lot of his, of his ratings were people, um, you know, who tuning in for the dumpster fire, which I mm -hmm. think they weren't disappointed. I mean, the, there was that one woman that was on Twitter last night who the first two times I saw her, I thought that it was Allison Janney doing some sort of CJ Craig thing. And I'm like, has Allison Janney gone MAGA? What's going on? Yeah. And then, no, it was just this woman that liked Donald Trump's smile that was trying to look like CJ Craig. And um, I think that's when I was like, I'm, I think I'm done with this for tonight. I'm looking forward to an actual debate. It would be nice to have an actual debate. And that's next Thursday, as far as I am aware. Greg, you want to talk about Chris Christie. 
Yeah, I, I've been following the Chris Christie thing closely for a variety of reasons, starting with the hospital where he went. Uh, Mor Morristown Medical Center is 10 minutes from the town where I grew up and where my parents lived. And in fact, my father was in that hospital two days before Christie was. He's okay. Um, not COVID related, by the way. Um, and I know the hospital well. I've been there a bunch of times. So, um, and it's a great hospital and I'm sure he got good care, but I was really curious what was going to happen with him specifically because of all of the people that have it, uh, that got COVID that were in Trump's orbit, he seemed to be uh, the, the the least prepared for it physically between the, the obesity and the asthma and his advanced age and everything else. It was like, oh God, um, if somebody's going to, not make it, it, it may well be him. So not that I was rooting for him to die or anything, but I still was curious how it was going to work out. He was in the ICU, came out today for seven days, which is a long time. Long time, yeah. And he pulled through, but they gave him all of the, the mono, whatever it is, cocktail drugs that are not available to us. So, you know, the good news, as, as I tweeted today, the good news is it seems like they do have a, a way to treat this thing. I mean, if you can save Chris Christie, you can probably, you can save, probably save most people, right? I mean, just <laughs> not to be funny, that, but laugh, as an actuarial it's scientific thing, yeah. right? And uh, they did that. So, you know, congratulations to them. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm happy that he emerged from the hospital and said, oh, my God, I screwed up. Please wear a mask because some of these MAGA don't even do that. Um, but we, the, the rest of humanity and people in the United States don't have access to those drugs. And that's not fair. So... Um, you know, they kept this guy alive, gave him a spot at the ICU and gave him these these drugs that other people weren't getting. And, um, you know, that's just kind of not cool. And I want to point out that's part of the whole Trump thing all along is it's like these haves and these grifters and the people that have jumped on the coattails of these grifters trying to grab at things and not share them with people that that right there is is indicative of the entire way that Trump and his team have handled the pandemic. Make sure that they're okay, fuck everybody else. When he was training for the debate, if, if you can do that with Donald Trump, he was told not to wear a mask. Let's talk about Charles and why he's here, because you are, you've really captured my interest this week in particular because of Judge Amy Coney Barrett's um, nomination testimony, whatever it is that she's doing. Um, it seems to me that there's something that you've done in your work, which really ties into what Amy Coney Barrett has also uh, had behind her in terms of getting her to this nomination. So let's first describe your movie, which is a fantastic movie. It's called People You May Know. And tell us how you got to, tell us a little bit about it and how you got to, to be in that position where you made this movie. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Um, and, and thanks for your compliments about the film. We're always happy to hear, um, feedback and that it's been relevant for people. Um, people you may know is a feature documentary. It was, uh, co-directed by myself and Katharina Galine Viken, um, who is a Norwegian British filmmaker and doing some really terrific work. Essentially what it does is it shows that the, a Coke, the Koch brothers through one of their charities, um, Communio, uh, commissioned Cambridge Analytica and a Christian software company called Glue to build a platform, a software as a service platform, um, that would allow churches to identify 
people who don't attend church, who are suffering from mental illness, grief, who are vulnerable, um, who are suffering from addiction, ADHD, bipolar, um, et cetera, financial distress, or who may be going through a divorce, and then to specifically target those people with both social media and more traditional outreach media that churches might use in order to recruit them into the church, monetize them for the church, and then weaponize them for the politics of the far right. So um, we're talking about an actual campaign to target these people for political purposes, though, not just because the church might be interested in helping them. Uh, they were being targeted for the Koch brothers and for political ends, it seems. That's exactly right. And um, if you have heard of Chris Vickery, who is uh, um, a security specialist and security analyst who discovered a database from Aggregate IQ, which is an, a company associated with Cambridge Analytica, he also discovered a huge database database from United in Purpose, um, which is a Christian charity in the United States, a 501c3. Uh, and this United in Purpose database parallels the um, RNC database. Hmm. Uh, so so you mentioned one goes up 5 million, the other goes up 5 million. It's pretty clear that data is in a free flow back and forth and with Cambridge Analytica as well. So there's a clip from your movie I'd like to show, um, and it, it's from Chris yeah. Vickery, and he talks about how the database works. Well, if you can figure out that 95% of the people that are interested in thing A are overlapping with people that tend to join your church in your area, you can target the people in your area that have trait A. If you know that this person buys these things at the grocery store, and you know that their friend, you know, Beth comes to the same church, has a kid about the same age, but you don't have her grocery store information. If you have three other friends that you do, you can pretty much guess that she buys about the same type of brands that these other ones do. So even though you only have one little spoke here, it feeds back into the main data pool of predictability. And all of a sudden you have this ability to enumerate things about Beth or you can draw it out. In, in other teasing ways. But someone might say, oh, it's just my name and my phone number. Well, for one individual, yeah, it's with one person, it's like, you know, one single grain of gunpowder, but explosive powder. And you can, you know, light that with a match and, yo, but that was fun. You know, no harm done. But when you've got uh, a huge pile of it, you don't want a match to get anywhere near it because it'll kill you. They will go to a big mega church get the pastor, preacher to give them a database of members of the church and they'll run it through their systems and figure out who's registered to vote and who isn't. And they will identify people that are registered to vote like the social conservative, Republican conservative type feelings, very anti-gay, very anti-abortion, very hardline. And they'll find one of those people and make them into a champion. So tell us a little bit more about this database. You've got people being targeted to be champions within a church setting by the Koch brothers, by their, their organizations. And these are people who are vulnerable because they are either facing addiction problems or, uh, or might have um, marital problems or other problems that they might normally seek a church for. Uh, and they are being turned into the champions in their vulnerability for uh, the Koch brothers and the Republican Party. 
It's really interesting that you put it um, in the way that you put it. I do a lot of work in uh, conflict zones uh, and in frontline states with Russia, but also I've, I've worked from Iraq to um, Northern Asia. And in doing that work, normally I support local journalists, but I find myself doing counter disinformation work um, with the journalists and also to a degree um, counter radicalization work. And when you have an organization out there, whether it's a Russian speaking enclave um, where they're trying to uh, uh, pull people into neo-Nazi groups or whether you're in Iraq and you have Islamic State trying to pull people into groups, what they're always looking for is they're looking for someone who's emotionally vulnerable, um, who can be turned into a champion, who can bring other people in and also marshal people um, into behaviors uh, that that will help to promote their causes. And we've been hearing the same thing with the Patriot, uh, Patriot Boys, what they call the Proud Boys, sorry, and the, the Patriot Prayer, the same thing, they're looking for vulnerable people. I was late getting onto the screen here because I was watching your, I, it, I wasn't able to get to the film until later in the day today. And my husband and I were sitting there downstairs, hopping mad, talking about how well, you know, when we were all sitting here thinking, every, this is how it goes, when we were all thinking thinking everything was going fine under Obama and everything, you know, the, the country was, was just, there were these people plotting a way to, uh, to put this system together, the, the, the CNP, and um, to go through the churches and the data mining, which we know Cambridge Analytica was helping the Trump organization with, and they targeted the targeted the emotionally targeted ads. Um, it was only a matter of time before they would try to do that with these with churches. I would think because they've always been aligned with the churches, and um, the thing that really really hit me was when somebody on your uh, in, in the film says, you know, I think it was Ann Nelson says, you know, they were they were not the, the right was focused on the state legislatures and the left wasn't. The Democrats were not focused on those state legislatures. The right was. And, you know, these tools have been out there for a while. Um, and I think it's it's going to become a battle of who controls the data and who targets ads to whom and that and and how they use it and i think that's going to happen the the left has to get in and start doing the same thing this is the way politics is going to be done only the left doesn't have the churches necessarily sorry go ahead charles no but there are other there are other uh places where they could be organizing Right. Exactly. So, so there are real serious complications in this. There's two, two or three things to address in, in what you said, Nina. Um, yes, they have been out there organizing and doing this work. In fact, the CNP that you mentioned is the Council for National Policy. They were founded in 1981, uh, and they're the, the, the off the back of Ronald Reagan's election. They are the most powerful political group in America that you have never heard of. Uh, and when, in the course of our investigation, we finally discovered for ourselves the Council for National Policy, it suddenly explained 
my entire adult life in terms of politics and the politics of the right and the rise of the right. Uh, so the Council for National Policy was formed off the back of the Southern Baptist Convention. It has racism in it and exclusion in its DNA. And they were founded with the express goal of rewriting the U.S. Constitution by 2020 according to Christian law. And the way that they intended to do that was to call a constitutional convention. That is, two-thirds of the states, uh, legislatures, need to call a convention. Now, what's really interesting that I've heard out in the news lately, Nancy Pelosi asked people to pay attention to the state legislatures. Please pay attention to that. Her, at least spoken purpose about that express purpose was that should the election get thrown to the courts and no one has been appointed to the Supreme Court, then it will go back to the, the election will be decided by the state legislators, legislatures. And right now the Republicans have a majority. And in fact, those are council for national policy Republicans who are there, who have that majority at the moment. I, I just want to say, you may have heard of the council for national policy this week because the Washington Post has run a story where they have two videos from the Council for National Policy's last conference. In one of those videos, there is someone talking about directly how to suppress the vote. Well, in the course of our investigation, I went undercover to announce Council for National Policy conference. It's the first time anyone's ever done it. Recorded a lot of video there, but we also have more than 20 hours of Council for National Policy sessions, and we'll be releasing those next week, along with the most recent membership list for the Council for National Policy. Mm-hmm. So um, look for that on Twitter. Um, my name is my Twitter handle, Charles real and we'll definitely be putting that out in the coming we'll definitely years. share it with us we'll definitely put it on the air here as well that's uh that's really uh that's big news uh, i'm sure there's some interesting names among them um we certainly know that the people like the devos family have been very involved in in the cnp for a long time people like eric eric prince uh even michael pence who's the vice president right now those people He's have all had uh, have all been involved and then there's this other group uh I, oh, the name escapes me um Perkins, what is he? Tony Perkins's group. Um, uh, it's gone right out of my head yeah. too. Sorry, that's no worries. <laughs> but there's a lot <laughs> that of this, was a setup. These are all people that are set up, you know, very supportive of of the Trump campaign. We think of the Trump coalition. Yes, it's made up of Russia and a bunch of foreign entities. It's also made up by a bunch of um, you know very far right extremist Christians. They're not even. You know, they're not Christians of your, you know, day-to-day variety. They are very extremist in their points of view. And, and you've had to encounter that as you've dis, as you did your documentary. And it involves everything from abortion to, to gay rights to just ordinary rights, including the voting rights. Tell us a little bit more about this sort of extremist ideology, um, of, of this, of these extreme Christians. So the idea is from the from the moral part of the Council for National Policy. And by the way, Tony Perkins was the past last president of the CMP right. um, before Bill Walton, who's the, who's the current um, president. Um, 
so there's there's a moral component to it where you have the Christian organizations and what they've been really very good at doing is getting not only the evangelicals, but also Catholics to come in. Um, and uh, Steve Bannon is a member of the Council for National Policy. Kellyanne Conway, by the way, is a member as well, but they've both been scrubbed from the recent membership list. As people go into the Trump cabinet, they're scrubbed from the list, but uh, the CNP is effectively um, providing the bodies for the revolving door of the Trump cabinet and has been over the past two or three years. Um, on the moral side, um, you have heads of church councils, just about every major figure um, that you've heard of from uh, conservative religion um, and and the, the moral majority over the course of the last 20 years. But then on the other side, what you have is the extractive industries, the oil industries. Mm. So the Koch brothers are very big contributors to the CMP. The Mercers are very big contributors to the CMP as well. Um, and this brings all of these different figures together. So when I was working on this film, because I was the advisor to the DCMS Select Committee on Fake News in the United Kingdom, um, which is where my home is in London, um, I was running across Russia. I was running across Brexit. I was running across uh, the Republicans and the Trump cabinet. Um, I was. I had Cambridge Analytica coming into the story. I had Henley and Partners coming into the story. I had so many different figures. Malta was a part of the story. And what I couldn't find was the one thing that brought everything together. And then I found it. And it was the Council for National Policy. And bam, everything suddenly made sense. Paul Manafort was a member of the Council for national policy. So Manafort is the man who brought the Republicans to Russia hmm. and convinced them that no, Russia is a Christian state. It's a moral state because of Russian orthodoxy. Um, That's how he convinced familiar? them. Mm. Uh, that, that is how he convinced them, yes. Well, one way or the other. I mean, people say he was more of an agent for the Russians in terms of, uh, that's the way they might have lured in the Republican Party to, to the Russian fold. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, so that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, and, you know, the, also Wayne LaPierre is a member, as is Oliver North is a member. So this explains our whole NRA story. It's amazing what a hub this is um, for all of these different interests. And the end goal, you say, is potentially a rewritten constitution, right? Is a is a constitutional yes. assembly, I guess, that each state can vote on independently, right? And when they each have a vote, uh, and then when they get to 33 votes, that's when they can actually call a general uh, constitutional assembly, or however that works. Uh, so what, it, what they're, they're there has to be a call in state legislatures for a constitutional convention, and this needs to be introduced in two-thirds of the state legislatures. Uh, the CNP is about three states short of that right now. Wow. So this coming election is really absolutely vital uh, in terms of your local state elections. Biden might stomp away with the, with the, uh, the victory for the presidency, and we might win the Senate, and we might win, we'll win the House. But meanwhile, on the states' uh, houses level, mm. those houses could still be marching along a path that will lead them to a constitutional um, assembly and uh, convention. 
If you if you are a Republican and you're holding your nose and you're voting for Biden, um, but you vote the Republican ticket the rest of the way, um, you are voting for a rewrite of the U.S. Constitution according to Christian law. Um, the reason the extractive industries are involved in this is because what they want to do is they want to severely weaken um, federal regulation. Uh, so that there is uh, l less environmental regulation across the states. But if you weaken federal regulation, you weaken it across education, you weaken it across quality, you weaken it across a number of issues that should really matter to Republicans. Um, and and I, I, I think that it's time for the Republican Party to stand back and have a look at itself and understand just exactly what it is it's supporting right now. Mm. Well, that is all frightening. Any uh, thoughts from you, Nino or Greg? Well, is the Republican Party officially supporting that? I don't think so. Are they? they they're not out officially, front on it. Uh, the Republican I mean, Party is not out front on, on yeah, rewriting the U.S. But their Constitution. Members are. The, I mean, the CMP is out front about it, yes. I, I'm, I, I know a little bit about that because I signed up for their, um, their emails. And what I get from their, the, the Convention of States is what they call it. What, what I'm getting is that they're selling it on a balanced balanced budget may put a balanced budget on into that uh into the constitution put it in as a plank as a as a uh, as a bill i think that's what they're working on greg you're shaking your head i don't so I, that's and i think I no think no, that's no i'm shaking my head because it's such a it's such a terrible idea i mean they're, it's just but so they're stupid selling but, it yeah. well but it's it's what he's talking about i mean they're selling it on on um on you know be, uh, starve the state right mm. uh you know so yeah. that uh poor and brown people can't get free stuff and and that's how they're selling it to the to the to the grander non-religious community but it's interesting because i've never heard that what they're really trying to do is make it a trojan horse for all of these these moral uh and and rights uh rights limiting amendments that they would put in there once you call the convention once you call the convention, you can introduce other issues and you can introduce other amendments. Um, you could introduce term limits. Hmm. That I, is and this is chilling. a real I've, I've seen like posters on people's lawn about the, the mm -hmm. Constitutional Convention. This is something that they've they've been working at for a long time. And I think that the obvious solution is the same solution um, that we have when they when they install Amy Covid Barrett on the Supreme mm -hmm. Court. We need more justices and we need more states. We need more mm -hmm. Puerto Rico. We need some DC. We need some Guam. And then, you know, you have 33. Fuck you. How about that? Yeah. Expansion. You'll be able to have Britain pretty soon. I'm, I'm monitoring the comments, which is yeah. some great comments. People want to know, Charles, where they can watch the movie. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. uh, so you, you can watch the film. Uh, go to Amazon Prime and search for You May Know, and you can find it. That It's the documentary, People You May Know. Um, you can also see it on Fusion. This is in the United States. Um, Thank you. And I, I, last I checked, it was on Pirate Bay. <laughs> well, we don't want that one. Do you want to advertise on Narrative Live? Well, we have partnered with AdvertiseCast to handle our advertising and sponsorship requests. They're great to work with, and they'll help you advertise on our show. Please email sales at advertisecast.com or visit our show notes page. You'll find that in your podcast player where we describe what's on this week's show.